And hello and welcome to the FDT TV podcast. We are here every week. Uh, we are the premier sports podcast around the Premier League. Why not? Um, if you haven't already, go over to the YouTube channel and press subscribe. Uh, we'd like to blow our own trumpet as well as moan about VAR. So if you like that sort of thing, join in. Uh, this week we have seen some obliterations, some competition capitulations uh, and some unprofessionalism according to Eric Ten Hag uh, after his Manchester United got trumped 7-0. Six goals in one half Mike last night. Absolutely phenomenal from Liverpool uh, but one result doesn't make a season. Uh, so that's all I'm saying. Uh, but I think what we need to do is get on to some other things first. Uh, obviously as you can see I'm a West Ham fan. Mike is an Arsenal fan. Uh, unfortunately, he has to be. Um, he's been waiting long enough for a title. <laughs> Tom was going to be. Yeah, so he's, he's, been, he's waited long enough for another title and it looks like Arsenal could be bringing it home. Um, now, before we get into uh, the comeback of comebacks, um, Paul, Mer- Paul Merson has said that he believes if Arsenal win the next three games, you're going to bring the title home. I think that's a bit early to say, really. Um, but what, what do you mm-hmm. make? What do you make of that situation? Are you confident if you win the next three, you might you might be in with a shout of, of bringing it home? No, I keep saying this. Um, I I think we're doing amazing as uh, as we've said. This is the best opportunity we've had for the last twenty years. It's it's nice that we are in this position, but from from what we've seen from previous seasons. We could still balls it up in the, in the running. We've still got what thirteen games to go. Yeah. Um, there's there's still a lot of points to play for. Thirty three games. That's what nine points. Uh, it's, it's still not enough. Obviously, I think it depends on how Manchester City fare. Um, but like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I'm not confident until it becomes mathematically impossible for us to be caught. Then I'll be then I'll be confident that we're going to win it. So what you're trying to and say? And not only then. What, what you're trying to say is you could pull a Tottenham and absolutely bottle the league. Absolutely. And absolutely. And that I'm sure was a fault when you went two 0 down to Bournemouth. Um, yes. Obviously, it's it's one of those games that you you couldn't call, but it, for the first half, certainly Arsenal weren't in the game at all. You you wouldn't have thought that they were the Arsenal of this season. Um, but you brought it back, so so bring us bring us back to the the, the feelings of obviously when it happened and and, and what happened after you went two 0 down. So um, obviously no one's able to get tickets anymore unless you're season ticket holders or mm-hmm. be able to um, to spend an absolute fortune on tickets because of the run that we're on at the moment. So I had to listen to it on the radio because I was out and about at the time. Uh, game kicked off. And listening to it on Talksport too, and within ten seconds, one 0 down. Damn it! Um, didn't feel good, but obviously, still a long way to go. Ninety minutes still left to play. Um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Again, we um, we had a couple of chances. Nothing that I'd say was kind of clear cut. And the, listening to it and watching the highlights and stuff, you um, the the amount of handball shouts. Again, you think it was uh, one of these. Bad day at the offices for for VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when the the second goal went in in the second half, you just thought it was going to be one of those days. So we started the second half a lot better um, than we did the the first half, and uh, nothing was just sitting for us. And then obviously we can see from a set piece, um, 
Thomas Partey gave the uh, the ball away or uh, knocked it out for the corner and then lost his man um, for uh, Bournemouth to uh, score their second. So, again, you just thought it was going to be one of those days. But I'd say from the way that the fans have been this year and the way that we have played, something just felt different about about this game. There was still 20 odd minutes to go, still every opportunity to, if we get one, then we've got the potential to get two. Um, so, game played on, and um, I, can't remember, I can't even remember who got the first one now. Saka. Saka got the first one. Um, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. I can't remember. Yes, Whatever. I think it was Saka. So, we... Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Thomas Partey. <laughs> I'm I talking, so he conceded one. the second goal. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, then um, Mill Smith-Rowe headed the ball uh, from, a, from a corner back into uh, a dangerous position at the back stick. Thomas Partey was really astute, got onto the end of it and uh, passed it the keeper. Um, again, it was from that point, it was like the wind was massively in our sails. Um, and uh, yeah, we were just kind of like, it was a relentless attack. Mm-hmm. And then it was a ball... Uh, I think it was uh, Reese Nelson across the ball, uh, across the the box. And uh, Ben White was at the back stick. Again, it was one of these ones shot. It was quite a powerful place shot. And um, it was too much for Bournemouth's keeper behind the line. And um, yeah, very quickly got turned to uh, to a goal, which was good. And then... It was like every opportunity that we had. There was more shouts for handball. There was more shouts for um, penalties and all and all sorts. But once we got to the ninety sixth minute, obviously you'd heard I'd heard on the radio Bournemouth for time wasting a lot, um, yellow cards for time wasting, and um, yeah, it was just one of these not, not, virtually the last kicks of the game, and. Um, I think it was Odegaard on the corner, passed it out. Oh, sorry, crossed it into the box. Ball went out to Reese Nelson on the edge of the box, and then I couldn't hear anything. It was um, an Odegaard with the corner as soon as the blow, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then obviously it uh, transpired that Reese Nelson had um, had scored. So um, from watching it on on match of the day, right on the edge of the box. And listening to his interviews, he said he wanted to take it on his right, but obviously the defenders rushing him. He had to make a decision, and it was such a sweet, sweet shot with his left. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily say top bins, but it was unreachable for the goalkeeper. Yeah, absolute scenes at the Emirates. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely nuts. Um, probably one of the best games that I've seen from a losing position for a long, long time. Mm. Um, it was it was literally end-to-end stuff for the majority of the game. And, um, yeah, really, really happy with the three points. Just absolutely bonkers, though. So absolutely it, bonkers. It is one of those that, that obviously, it, it pushes your, your lead a little bit further back to five points. Um, Bournemouth thought they were going to take home some, some points at that point, uh, definitely. Um and had they, they would have been level with Leeds. But before they went behind, or before they started drawing at 2 0 up, they were actually out of the relegation zone. They're currently sitting bottom. Um, but it is time for a little bit of a quiz, for not just for you, Mike, but for everybody at home as well. Reese Nelson scored in the 96th minute and 57 seconds. And he is the Arsenal's second latest goal scorer in the Premier League. 
Uh, the latest goal actually came in 2017. Can you tell me the player and who you were playing against? Say if you want to have a go at home as well, put the put it in the in the in the YouTube comments what you think the player and the team Arsenal were playing against, and that was in January of 2017. I'll even give you the goal time. It was 97 minutes and 14 seconds. So literally. 20 seconds later than what Reese Nelson scored. Uh, we'll come back to that. Food for thought. I want to say it was someone like Lauren Koscielny or someone. Uh, wrong. No. <laughs> Call yourself an Arsenal fan. Oh, mate, I can't even remember. I've got dad brain, mate. Couldn't I can't even re- remember what I had for dinner yeah. yesterday, let alone could, fucking five years ago. You couldn't remember who scored the first goal. Is <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll come back to that answer later. So keep tuned if you want to know about it. We'll get on to West Ham, shall we? Uh, 4-0 we lost to Brighton, that's enough said about that, uh, we were awful, uh, as I said last week we've scored our goals for the for the rest of the season uh, and that's that, it's not good, it's not looking good, it's not looking positive and David Moyes come out and t- essentially blamed Saeed Ben Rama for, for it saying he didn't create enough, well unfortunately David I think that falls on you as the manager, um, yeah it's one of those David Sullivan uh, he's obviously the majority shareholder of West Ham United, does not want to get rid of him. And that's because it will hurt his pocket because he will have to pay him a severage fee. Um, there has been some rumour that Michael Carrick, as I said last week, I would like him, is open to taking the job if it becomes available, which would be an interesting one. Come Obviously come through the West Ham Academy. Um, but that's unlikely, I think. However, that said... Daniel Krasinski, he owns Sainsbury's in the Royal Mail, so it's not necessarily a good thing that he, he owns part of our club, but he's put some money in, he's he's tried to, to bring over some, some decent players, um, owns Sparta Prague as well. Um, he's interested in buying David Gold, no, David Gold, David Sullivan's share. The, the David that died. Um and that would be a... What are you laughing at? That's not funny. Um, but that would be twenty five, another 25% stake, at, which is roughly, at the minute, being touted about £150 million. Pounds. Um, so that said, that would make him the majority shareholder, which I think a lot of West Ham fans would welcome. And that means that gold can fuck off, essentially, because he can't do anything about it. Um, and then that means Krasinski can choose to change the manager and tough shit um, to, to David Gold. He, he's got to put his money where his mouth is. Um, what I think will happen, though, is I think as a businessman, he will wait till we get relegated to the championship because at that point, those shares are going to be worth a lot less. Um, yeah, so it's not good, but potentially good in some respects. Uh, is that, that said... Um, Brighton did outclass us. They seemed to be a bit of a bogey team for us, but we just looked completely lacklustre. There was nothing that... Every player looked off the pace, and unfortunately, behind my shoulders, you see there, Mr Rice, uh, he started to piss off some of the West Ham fans with his recent comments um, about, oh, we don't listen to anybody. Um, we don't take any of the criticism. We don't do that. Well, maybe you should, because your manager's probably trying to give it to you. But if you're not listening, maybe that's part of the problem. You only listen to yourselves. Um, if you were top of the Premier League, you'd go, fair enough. 
don't listen to anybody else. We're not. We're languishing near the bottom. We're struggling. Uh, and the captain's saying, yeah, well, we don't really care. That, that's how it's coming across to fans. I don't think that's how he, he intended it. I think what he's trying to say is we're trying to block out all the, the noise. Um, but, yeah, not good overall. And that leaves us one point above the relegation places, which is very not good. Um, but, yeah, that's all I can say about that, really. Um, I think we should answer the quiz. Do you want to know, Mike? Have you got Have you got f- another guess? I've, I've, I'm trying to remember when Sanchez left. I've got to go. I've got to go. Alexis Sanchez. That is correct. It was Alexis Sanchez. And what team were you playing? <sighs> I am going to go. Aston Villa. Ooh, almost. It was another Claret and Blue team. It was Burnley. Uh, uh, so uh, if you if you got that, Alexis Sanchez against Burnley, then very good. I, I give you a, a small clap. Um, but I think the most most prominent... That's a small clap, not the clap. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't got that. You can tell all sorts of vicious rumours. Um, I think the biggest result of the weekend has to be said. Uh, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Um, it was 1-0 at half-time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was 1-0 at half-time, and it looked like a relatively close game. And in the second half, I'm not really sure what happened. Um, I have a theory, but I don't want to go on about it. But um, Manchester United capitulated. They lost the heads, and they just got torn apart. Um, mm. Now, it is the first time we've seen Jota play in a, in a long time. Uh, Cody Gakpo, he's, he, he looks solid as well um, so that front line is, is becoming a bit more whole uh, for Liverpool I don't think that that means they're going to come back and win the title and win everything else I still think they're going to get really not relegated. I still think they're going to get knocked out of the Champions League by Real Madrid um, although that may be a bit more of a competitive game um, but it, it may mix things up will they do a late push for the top four possibly because they're only three points behind Tottenham with a game in hand. There are some other decent teams around them. Obviously, Newcastle, uh, Fulham and Brighton all have games in hand over Tottenham as well and are all very close to that point. Um, so it's not a, a done thing. Uh, they could still finish sort of eighth, but I don't think they're going to finish any lower than that because they had had a little bit of a resurgence now. Um, now, my theory, Mike, before we get on to breaking it down a little bit more, asthma pumps. I think at half time they all had a good old <laughs> come out and yeah that that's my theory because how, how can you turn it on that much um, it's yeah an interesting thing to think that Manchester United have been dominant recently and went to Anfield and fell apart which is not the first time that that's happened um, for any team but to see Manchester United on the hiding of a seven nil doesn't happen very often does it what 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 do you make no. of it. I <clears throat> I thought it was brilliant from from our perspective um, because Manchester United fans have been giving it all a big end. And um, in a way, I'm kind of happy that it happened because I was l- listening or watching a bit of um, 
Graham Souness talking to Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville yeah. and Roy Keane just before uh, just before the game, saying it's going to be a difficult place to come to, um, and all all the sort of stuff. And, and Gary Neville and Roy Keane absolutely pissed themselves laughing. And um, obviously at halftime they come one down and said that um, Manchester United were by far the better team. Debatable, but. Um, yeah, in in the second half, I mean, you could see how agitated that um, Gary Neville was getting, especially with Jamie Carragher in the uh, taking Instagram pictures and videos <laughs> of him of his reactions when he scored and stuff. But no, I'm um, I think Manchester United. Don't get me wrong, I've been absolutely brilliant under Ten Hag, and I've got to be honest, there were times where I was starting to worry. But looking, I know, like we were just saying just before the. Um, before we start recording, they're currently 14 points behind us. Um, and I know they've got two games in hand, but even if they were to win those two games in hand, they'd still be eight points off us. And I know there's still a long way to go in the season, so we can't really say. But I think the the bit that frustrates me more than anything is um, Gary Neville's kind of like perception that even, even now, he th- still thinks that Manchester United will finish above Arsenal Manchester City are going to win the league, and like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not massively confident because Arsenal we can still throw it away. Manchester City are, are right hot on our tails. Yeah, we've still got to play City again. We've still got to play Liverpool again. We've still got some difficult fixtures coming up. So there is every opportunity that we can balls it up. Mm-hmm. But what I don't see happening is United finishing above us, unless we have the the collapse of the year. Yep. Um. I just I don't see it, and I, I it was it was kind of nice seeing them getting kind of put back in their box a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I mean you have to say that they are the informed team since the World Cup. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm wrong in saying that. But when you cast your mind back to earlier in the season when when Ten Hag first took over, they did lose two one to Brighton, they lost four nil to Brentford, six three to Man City. and they've 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 slowly grown into it. Obviously, you're going to expect slip ups. Um, Ten Hag obviously isn't happy about it. He's made that very clear to his players. Um, they they obviously overcome Barcelona. They they turned it around against us. Um, obviously, they played extra games in the Carabao Cup. But what he said is, is fatigue cannot be used as an excuse. Um, I'm not accepting that. Um, so he, I, I think, unfortunately, uh, the next couple of games, I think they've got Sociedad in the cup. Maybe I don't know exactly who they've got next. They've got certainly got someone real Betis. They've got Europa League. Um, I think they're going to be on for a hiding. Um, and I think, unfortunately for Southampton, there there's going to be a different side to Manchester United um, come next week. Um, the big thing, or the big the, the big turning point in this game, I think, Bruno Fernandez. Um, he lost the plot he he made a fuss when he didn't get subbed off he pushed the assistant referee although they're not taking any action on that um lost his head completely didn't want to play and and that broke down completely i'm of the opinion that he won't last very long i think he may be gone in the summer because when he when he's playing at his best he's phenomenal mm-hmm. but when he's not 
you lose seven nil to Liverpool. Um, it was like they were playing with, with 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 ten men on the pitch. If anything, it was working against them because he didn't want to be on the pitch. Hmm. Um, and as good as he can be, you, you can't have a character like that. I think, especially he, when he's the captain as well. Yeah, I I think years ago, I think there there would have been a bit of a punch up at some point, probably on the pitch with a number of those United players uh, back in hmm. the Ferguson era, like that 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 winning team. If he'd if he'd done that. Um, obviously they they weren't the best team and I think what it goes to show if you can keep Marcus Rashford out of the game Manchester United is still a little bit toothless uh, Weghorst done his thing he ran about but he's not he's not top tier is he he, no. he, he does work hard for the team That there's no denying that but he, he's not one to, to win you the Premier League Um Looking at it from the other perspective, Liverpool obviously played some really good football. One of their goals I thought was really funny because one of the players just absolutely slammed it into, I think it was Mo Salah, and it rebounded back and fell to somebody else. Um, they're back to their scoring best, you have to say. Um, but I think once United heads had dropped, Luke Shaw played terribly, Dallow didn't have a good game, Fernandes was working against the team. I don't think it was a... Fair reflection, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that they won seven nil, but but it had United played the game properly, I think it maybe would have stayed at one nil. Possibly they would have got something back. Possibly they would have gone two nil down. It's it's one of those that <laughs> I know what conversation you're talking about, and I think Gary Neville summed it up well in that it's a it's a it's a shock result. That's that's not going to happen every week. Um, it's not good that it's happened once. I, I do think that. But I don't think you're going to look at Liverpool and go, they're going to go and blow every team away now, which is what you would expect after that result. If they if they mm. have a poor draw next week, then then what? Um, I mean, this is this is the same Liverpool team that lost to Wolves, or were 2-0 at Wolves, drew at Palace. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, not, they're not phenomenal. And Alisson, for me... He's a bit of a liability. Um, and they may have beat Manchester United, but they're also losing a lot of key games. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I would be interested to see, because I know that obviously they've started getting some players back from uh, from injury and stuff. And granted, yes, they have started to pick up a few points. But as you said, even last weekend, I think it was, uh, the 0-0 against Crystal Palace, it's... It, they've been so inconsistent mm. this year, Liverpool. Um, and I think, I think to a point, I think Manchester City, uh, Manchester United were the favourites, possibly marginally going into uh, into yesterday's game. Yep. Um, but it just it does go to show. I think if you start um, kind of resting on your laurels and and thinking just because you're the favourites, then and looking at some of the performances that Liverpool have put out this year that you would be able to um, just kind of walk over and possibly lick a, a, a late goal uh, late on in the game. Three points, thanks very much. I think it just goes to show, I mean, this, this this is kind of one of the reasons why we've been so kind of like flabbergasted with how poor Liverpool have been yeah. this season. Um, because yesterday, I think, just goes to show how good they can be. But... I know. I know. Obviously, we're a few few more weeks slash months into the Premier League. These players are having more time to to work together yeah. and 
and all that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, I think next year they may be a force to reckon with again. Yeah. Uh, this may be one of their blip seasons that they had just after they uh, they won the Premier League. But um, yeah, I'm I'm so so confused by Liverpool this year because f- from how dominant they have been over the last four or five years yep. well, against other teams. I mean, not obviously against Manchester City because they've won four out of five the last five seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was just an absolute mind-boggling as to why they were doing so bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was a nice one to watch, I think, from a neutral's perspective. Oh, yeah, phenomenal game. Um, and watching all these Man United fans that are giving us stick for being 2-0 down against Bournemouth and then kind of like going back into the box and then losing <laughs> 7-0 to Liverpool. It's, um, it's yeah, it was of, good. It's one of those things, I don't know where all the Liverpool fans have been this season, but they all seem to have appeared yesterday. Um, yes, yeah, I, I see them all coming out with an abundance yeah. yesterday. I mean, I know there was talks at the end part of last year about blackouts. I don't know if Liverpool's been blacked out for the last <laughs> six months. But, it's, I mean, when you look at their games, you've got to play Bournemouth next. Um, and as you know, you know, Bournemouth can give you a game. They're not mm. they're not phenomenal, but they can ramp it up. But I think Liverpool are going to have to field a weakened side there um, because then the following Wednesday... Uh, they travel to the Bernabeu to take on Real Madrid. They've got over to uh, overturn a five-two deficit, which I really don't see happening. Um, even if, say, if if Real Madrid get one, they, that means they've just got to score four goals. I just ca- I can't see them winning four-one. Never say mm. never. Um, but then you 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 go into April, Manchester City away, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home. It's, it's a tough run of fixtures for them. Um, yep. And then they've got to fit another Fulham game in there because that's been postponed. Some of their some of their games remaining, you would go, yeah, they're, they're favourites for that quite easily. And they've got to play a, a lot of the teams that are now struggling, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Leeds, Southampton, um, even Leicester you could put put in that list. Um, but but that run through the beginning of April, and I think it's going to cause them all sorts of trouble. Now, they beat United 7-0. Do they go away and smash everyone 2 or 3-0? Fair enough. Like I'd give that to Liverpool, Liverpool fans. You can say what you like for the rest of the season. We've had injury crisis. We've come back. Now we're dominant again. However, I don't see that happening. I see a loss to, to Real Madrid. I then see a loss to Manchester City. And then I, I see a loss to Chelsea, if I'm honest, because heads would have dropped. And Chelsea are playing good football. They just need to find the goals. They found one goal. I think that that will start to turn now. Then they got to play you. Low, low on confidence after a couple of losses. You're really high on confidence. All of a sudden, they're back in mid-table obscurity, and it, it's a problem. That that's how I see it going. More for me. I don't know if that is correct, uh, but but we will wait and see um, mm-hmm. wh- whether that happens. Had those. Big fixtures being spaced out a little bit, but coming bang, 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 back, back to back to back to back. I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Any confidence they got off of that, I think is gonna be short lived. Um, unfortunately for Liverpool fans, um, but that's my prediction. And every week we do make predictions on the Premier League. Um, and we, if you get a correct result, you get 
three points. If you get the the correct team to win, uh, then you get one point. Or, or say you you say it's going to be a two all draw and it's a nil nil draw, you still get a point. And if you get the wrong result, you don't get nothing. Um, I'm the current champion, but I am lagging behind as I was at this point last season. Uh, but Mike, do you want to give us a recap on the games that we predicted last week? Yes, so um, we had four games that we predicted last week. We were both in action twice. Uh, Arsenal versus Everton, uh, which was a game in hand. Uh, West Ham took uh, Man- took on Man United at Old Trafford. Then Arsenal Bournemouth on Saturday and Brighton versus West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with the FA Cup game first. Man United versus West Ham. You had 2-1 to West Ham. I had 2-1 to United. Um the score was 3-1 after West Ham leading 1-0 um, in the second half. Uh, lost it 3-1. So it's zero points to you, one point to me. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal-Everton. Uh, to be honest, I think this was one of these games where we thought it was going to be a bit of a struggle. You went for, for 1-1 and I went for 2-1. Turns out it wasn't as nearly as a struggle as we thought it was going to be. 4-0 to us, so zero points to you, one to me. Yep. Arsenal-Bournemouth, obviously we've just been over. Um, three, I Sorry, you had 2-0, I had 3-0 to Arsenal. Score was 3-2 to Arsenal, so it's a point each. And then Brighton versus West Ham, you had uh, 3-1 to Brighton. I had 2-2, so it's one point to you, zero to me. So the scores overall this week, Ian, you have two points, I have three, and the season totals now in you are currently on 40 points and I am on 49. So I've got some making up to happen. That's, that's the problem. Um, it's nine points. So it's still recoverable because there's still a lot of games to play, but we need to start getting some results. Right. So Mike, what are the fixtures that we have this week? This week we have, excuse me. Uh, just trying to see if there's any other games that we can uh, put into. No, not really. So we've got um, on Sunday, Fulham, uh, Arsenal travel to Fulham. And then West Ham take on Aston Villa. Please stuff it. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, Fulham's the two o'clock. Uh, sorry, Fulham Arsenal's the two o'clock kickoff. And West Ham Villa is also two o'clock. Um, as you're hosting this week, you can go first. That's, well, uh, what I would say is Fulham are currently 1-0 down to Brentford. Um, they have played really well this season, but as I said earlier in the year, Marco Silva is in charge, uh, and what I said is they will do really, really well until they don't. Um, now I think this is sort of the beginning of the end for Fulham playing really well. They have been tough to beat. Um, I'm assuming we're doing Arsenal Fulham first. I'm only saying that because Fulham are playing now and it's in my mind. No, we was going to do uh, West Ham Villa first. All right, we'll do West. Host. We'll do West Ham Villa first. I'll come back to that trailer for in a moment. Um, Villa are playing really well. Well, I say really well in comparison to West Ham. Villa are playing really well. Um, we have capitulated. I think that Moyes is struggling. Uh, whether that be the players not listening to instructions, it not working. Lack of confidence, his tactics not being right, his lack of substitutions being a problem. Whatever it may be, I, I feel it's going to be a problem. Uh, having won 4-0, then lost to 
to a Man United comeback and then to lose 4-0. I, I, I think we're down in the depth again. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Aston Villa for this one. Oh. Even with the home advantage? Even with the home advantage. I, I don't think there is really a home advantage. I think the London Stadium is going to be a toxic place to be playing football this week. Okay. Um, we're just looking at the uh, the stats. Um, Aston Villa have won three and lost three in the last six games. Um, do you know what? I really don't know where to sit with Villa because I think Unai Emery is doing a good job at um, Aston Villa. Um, when they are playing or when they do win, they do look good. When they lose, they look okay for about 10, 15 minutes and then yep. kind of shoot themselves in the feet a bit. Um, I don't know. I'm... I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for one one in this one. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'll stick with a one one. Um, sorry, as um, we're moving on to the the Fulham Arsenal game, as you started off so very nicely, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let you carry on with your let, trailer thought. You know, I've lost my trailer thought. It's gone now. Uh, but what I'm saying, Marcus Silva, he's gonna be good till he's not. Um, and Fulham are, as I said, are currently losing to Brentford. Both teams are playing very well this season, has to be said. Um, but I think they're going to struggle over the next few weeks. Um, and then that will cause a tumble effect for them to not be able to bring it back on track. They're not in danger of relegation, but I think their European hopes are going to fade and die, much like the West Ham song. Um, so for Fulham being at home to Arsenal, I'm going to go Arsenal 2 Fulham one. Uh, okay, uh, so two one. I do you know what? I think this is going to be one of these ones. I wouldn't necessarily say where we should win it because, again, I think Fulham have been doing really well. Um, Where do I go with this one? Um, I am going to go. I'm going to go for three-one. I think to Arsenal. Um, just, just the way that we played after this weekend. I think even if we were to go one-nil down, yep. um, the the fight back would be there one hundred percent. And I know, obviously, we're coming up against Bernd Leno, uh, former keeper for for us. Willigan, former player for us. Um, I've, I've, to be honest, I think Fulham were one of these ones I think I tipped right at the start of the season to go back down again because they seem to be a bit of a yo-yo club uh, between the Premiership and the, uh, the Championship. But I'm... Um, I'm going to go for... Yeah, I'm going to go for 3-1, I think. Fair enough. Just... Yeah. Just the way that we've been playing recently, I think it's been absolutely outstanding. I say, let us know what you think of the results or what you think the results of those games are going to be over at YouTube. Big Gold Cup. Look for it. Subscribe. Leave your comments. We we are interested. We will engage back with you. Uh, but Mike, have you got any other news for this week in terms of football? Yes. Go Congratulations for it. to the Arsenal ladies yesterday. Um, ending their four-year wait for a trophy, uh, picked up the Continental Tyres Trophy. I think it was so their their equivalent League Cup. Um, massive congratulations to them. And um, yeah, I think that's that's it from me. 
Fair enough. The only other thing I was going to say is Burnley, who we're not used to playing pretty football, are playing pretty football under Vincent Company in the Championship. And they are trying to plan a guard of honour at Blackburn Rovers because they could have won the title by the time they played them. They're going to put in the request. I think the request is going to be met with a two-finger salute because that's a rivalry that goes back a long, long way. Uh, but yeah, I think it's likely we're going to see uh, Vincent Company leading Burnley out in the Premier League next year, which will be interesting because will he be able to perform to that standard in the Premier League? Who knows? Let's wait and see. Uh, but until next week, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. And we'll see you very, very soon.